bring value to people. And then it's just action. You got to do something that other people wouldn't. Most people wouldn't take the time to build that list. And because you built the list, because we built relationship, and because we both had knowledge, this thing came together and it was a win-win-win for everybody. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason, J. Lou Lewis. And today we have a friend, a fellow real estate guru, and a fellow pilot on today to share some wisdom in the area of real estate and aviation. But the fact is the aviation is story that we're going to share today is more so relevant to all aspects of real estate. So tens of thousands of students have gone through Rob Swanson's system of real estate investing over the past 20 years, creating success story after success story, month after month. An active real estate investor, Rob zigs and zags with every new change in the real estate market and guides the students to do what's working now. Whether seller's market, buyer's market, high price market, or a cash flow, Rob's 20-year investing all across the country has formed the backbone of this method to real estate investing and approach to teaching his students. His teaching approach borrows from the concept Kaizen, which focuses on small daily continuous improvements designed to produce a result. If you ask his wife, she would tell you his superpower is teaching and he loves it. Married for 30 years, three grown kids. He had plenty of time to hone his teaching skills and help people get results both at home and with students nationwide. Pilot, backcountry skier, ultramarathoner, river fly fisher, Rob is comfortable pushing his personal limits and happy to help push yours. Rob Swanson, welcome. Jason, what's up, my friend? Hey. Having me on today, buddy. Hey, I'm excited. It's always fun to get someone on that I know. It's always a pleasure to meet new people here on the podcast, which we do a lot, but it's always fun to get someone on that I know their backstory. And and I know personally that what they put in their bio is actually the truth and they walk the talk. So, Absolutely, man. Well, that's pretty awesome. I'm glad we can do it. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to do a fun little story about a hanger. And the reason is, is you have so much knowledge. I think telling a story, a fun story that's creative, hence creative real estate podcast about buying a hanger in a super ultra competitive market of aviation. Hangers are very limited. They aren't building new airports and they definitely aren't building very many, if at all, new hangers. So it's very, very ultra competitive. So I think telling the story of how you came across your hanger and then sharing words of wisdom and how that relates to anyone if they're looking to buy their first house, their first vacation property, or something like a man cave for their cars or whatever it is, something creative out there that they're looking for or unique, I guess, in the real estate sector. And then just sharing the story. Yeah, man, totally. Well, what we talked about before we jumped on and hit the record button, Jason, was, you know, hey, what could we share that would be helpful for people that are thinking about real estate investing, that are looking at creative real estate investing, wondering if creative real estate investing even works in the current market. I started telling you about the story of the hangar that you know all too well, and and I'll get into that in a second. And I thought, you know, this is a fun way because every way I every time I tell this story, just at a party or out for dinner or with friends or whatever, everybody's like, 
that's crazy. Like I would have never thought to do that. Like, how does that stuff happen? So here's the backstory on the story. I bought a airplane, I guess about a year and a half ago now. And I had flown it back from Salt Lake city back to the Denver area. And I was flying out of the Erie airport up in the North Metro area at the time. And I was trying to buy a hangar and I was trying to get into something up there and, you know, it took me a couple of days. I made a few phone calls. I kind of went guerrilla style and called everybody I knew. And I was able to secure a sublease with a guy. Well, he was heading out of town and he said, hey, I don't have the time to do the paperwork right now. We'll do the sublease when we get back and we'll lock it all up. So I put my plane in the hangar. He comes back two weeks later and he says, oh, sorry, I've decided not to move my airplane. You're going to have to move out. And I lost my sublease. Well, this was September-ish and... I knew that around the corner, October, November, December, it starts to get cold. And I didn't want my airplane parked out on the ramp, Jason, as you can well understand, right? So It's not good on the plane, nor is it safe. Right. It's not good on the plane. It doesn't make it easy to fly, depending on the weather. There's a whole bunch of reasons. Well, the hangar space market in North Metro Denver is incredibly competitive. It's incredibly, there's a really limited supply and there's a huge demand. Demand such that if you were to get on the waiting list of most of the hangar providers, it's three to five to seven year wait lists to get your airplane inside of a hangar. At least today, it's 278. Last time I checked this last year for a hangar that has a turnover of four to five years, and there isn't 276 hangars up there. So I would say it might even be eight, nine, 10 years at this point. Right, exactly. And I thought to myself, you know, that just isn't going to work for me. I'm not going to wait a decade or or almost a decade to get that. I'm not even going to wait a year. So doing what we do, and that is go kind of real estate investor guerrilla style. I said, how would I do this? And, you know, it's a little different in the hangar world because there isn't public records like there is for individual parceled house or apartment real estate. You know, hangars are generally built on county land and it's just not, I can't go build a list and send out a bunch of direct mail like I normally would. And so I thought, well, what would I do old school? You know, back 20 years ago when, you know, before Craigslist was a thing, when you used to have to call up the local Denver Post and spend $319 to place your classified ad for the weekend, you know, that says we buy houses, like what would I do? And so I printed out 200 eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper flyers that said, we'll pay cash or take over payments on your hangar, you know, deadbeat tenants, vacant lost your medical, you know, whatever. I don't have a copy of it sitting right here right now, but I had a series of things that were like pilot problems that would cause them to no longer want or need their hanger or create a problem around their hanger. They either either have a personal problem or they have a property problem. And, And so I printed these out and I distribute them. And I also did about a dozen phone calls to my pilot buddies to say, looking for a hanger, I'll pay cash or I'll take over payments, whatever the deal is. If you know anybody, call me. So I got a handful of calls. I got about five phone calls over the course of the next three to five days. One of those phone calls, Jason, was you. And you called me and you said, hey, I got this line on this guy who I think he wants to sell his hanger. I don't know the full details of it, but let me send you his name and contact information. 
you're a real estate broker, so you can broker that deal. And if I get a deal done, I can pay you, which I ultimately did. And here's the cool thing. So I called up the guy that owned the hangar. And this is where it starts to apply to real estate investors. Everything that I ran into with this guy owning the hangar set up perfectly a creative real estate deal. Okay. He was an absentee owner that lived out of state that had a deadbeat tenant that was not paying the hangar rent that had moved his plane out of the hangar, but left all his crap in the hangar. So, you know, I've only had that conversation with a landlord a thousand times, right? For uh, sure. absent, absentee landlord with a deadbeat tenant that lives out of state and yada, 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 the story. So I got on the call and I just, I started talking to him and there was a couple of things. We had instant rapport because I asked him, what kind of plane did he have in the hangar when he was there? And he told me, well, it was the same kind of plane that I owned. And so we had, a, we had an instant connection. You always look for when you're trying to acquire real estate and direct to seller, look for a connection that you can build a bond and rapport around. And that was just a lay down easy, same airplane. So we talked airplanes. And long story short, Jason, the guy that was in the hangar had not been paying him for about eight months now. And the owner was hiring an attorney and trying to do an eviction. And the guy was being a knucklehead and he was fighting it and all this stuff. And I found this out through the story. And I asked the owner of the hangar, I said, well, listen, other than the tenant that's not paying you right now, it sounds like a great hangar in a high demand market that is a good asset for you. Why are you interested in selling? And he said this, he goes, Rob, you know what? I really don't want to sell, but I'm tired of dealing with the tenant and no income and trying to deal with it remotely. And that was the statement that triggered my brain to say, okay, I think there's an opportunity here. So we furthered the conversation a little bit. And, and at the end of the day, I asked him, I said, well, let me ask you this. If I took on all of the responsibilities of dealing with the tenant and the eviction and, and everything else, and you got to keep your cash flow for the next number of years, would that be something that you would entertain? Would that be an offer that you might be interested in? And he says back to me, he says, well, what do you mean? Like me being the bank and financing it? I said, well, yeah. I said, if, you know, if I don't have to pay cash or, and if I don't have to finance it, and you just became the bank, we could set this deal up where you get your price, you get your cash flow that you enjoyed when the tenant was paying, and you no longer have to deal with the eviction because I'll take on the responsibility. I'll close. It will no longer be your responsibility. You assign me the lease and I'll deal with it from there. If I have to continue the eviction, if I have to, if it goes into next year, whatever the case may be, he says, yeah, that might work. So we talked through a few of the, of the terms. And at the end of the day, I ended up buying this hangar in a five to seven to eight year competitive market, very little supply, very high demand. I bought a hangar with owner financing and I'm just paying the owner on a monthly basis. Now here's the cool part. A hundred percent of my payment every month, short of the tax, IRS tax imputed interest, is going towards principal paydown. 
So nearly 100% of my payment is going towards principal pay down every single month. And I bought a hanger. Now, here's how I dealt with the tenant. Once I was under contract and we had a closing date scheduled, the seller gave me permission to reach out to the tenant prior to closing. I called up the tenant and I said, I'm buying the property this Friday. I'm closing. I'm taking over the lease and we can solve this situation one of two ways, the easy way or the hard way. The hard way is you're going to know my great-grandchildren and I'm going to collect every dime for as long as it takes. And that's not good for either of us. The easy way is I'll meet you Saturday morning, assuming all of your stuff is out of the hangar and I'll hand you $1,000 cash in an envelope in exchange for you signing a lease termination agreement. He said, wait, so let me get this straight. I can walk away, you won't pursue anything, and you'll hand me a thousand bucks. And I said, exactly. He's like, okay, nine o'clock Saturday morning. So I closed on the hangar. The next day, I met the guy, handed him a thousand bucks, signed the lease termination agreement, moved my airplane in the hangar. So that is the story. And you can apply that to any rental, any real estate, anywhere in the USA, no matter how competitive the market is. For sure. Again, that last item was cash for keys. A lot of people in the investment world, just they say we have a property management company. So a lot of times we have to make that decision, whether it's worth pursuing legally that tenant and going after them and all the cost of that and what the odds are of getting something and the fact that we're going to have that downtime of it sitting there, or do you just pay it? And so many people get emotionally attached to winning of saying, I'm going to beat you tenant. Well, in reality, who really won? You both lost. So in this situation, you guys kind of both won in a sense. You got what you wanted and he got out of there. It made it a win-win, whereas you took the emotion out of the situation. And that I think is the key to creative real estate. It is is that over emotion. Emotion is what can get you. And the seller, the seller that ultimately sold to me, he just didn't know that he could sell the hangar with in the middle of an eviction with a deadbeat tenant. He just, in his mind, he's like, Rob, I didn't even know that I could do this. I thought that I had to deal with the tenant and the, all of this stuff, the eviction and the attorneys and all that. And I said, no, that's, and he asked me as we were going through this, he said, he goes, it sounds like you've done this before. <laughs> said, why, how come you know this and I don't? And I told him, I said, you know, I've I've done this all over the country. You know, I've talked to thousands of sellers and had similar situations. And it all comes down to understanding what you've got, understanding what you want, understanding what the problem is, and then coming up with a solution for it. And, And I told him, I said, so you wanted the cash flow. You really didn't want to sell the asset because you wanted the cash flow. I said, I told him as soon as I heard that, I thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to solve this with an owner financed offer. Yeah. And it came out where he won, you won. And ultimately, you know, maybe he didn't win because I think he wanted to keep the hanger, but you helped him solve a problem, which was what you had mentioned. What's figuring out a solution for you is figuring out how to solve the problem for the owner. So what you ultimately did. So yeah. I have you to thank (laughs) for my hanger for that lead. And then my years of just, you know, sharpening the saw on the skills of real estate investing. So yeah. 
Hey, it's a pleasure. It's uh, we're hanger mates. We're a couple hangers down from each other. So, and I'll just kind of add to it is that I had tracked down every single owner I possibly could. I had joined the Colorado Pilots or Colorado is a Pilots Association or one of the associations, and I data scraped information there and reached out to anyone who was a member at KBJC and this and that. And that's how I came across my hanger that I ultimately bought. And then I got a call six months later from this gentleman saying, I heard you're looking for a hanger. I'm, I'm in a pickle here. And that's when I knew you had looked for a hanger. So I think that's also networking. I mean, what came down to it so that you and I got a hanger in a market that I still probably get one person reach out to me a week asking if I know about a hanger because people heard that I align on a couple of them a few years back is networking, yep. creative prospecting, just joining a $25 association so I could get a hold of people that are members at the airport. I mean, and then you out there hustling and being an expert in the real estate world, that's how we got connected. Someone I we wanted to connect with each other and then we had a desire to learn and grow above what we're doing doing on a day-to-day basis, which is aviation, learning a new trade. I mean, there's just every day, day in, day out, the simple things. I think, I think you said that in your bio is the Kaizen. Is it Kaizen? Just kind of the just Kaizen. Kaizen is like one small thing, just one yep. step forward. And all of a sudden that led to hanger. Yep. That's so it. yeah. And it's there's fun. it's fun, you know, it's I always talk about, you know, if people are trying to get into something or learn something else, you know, there's three components to learning and you just touched on all three. It's, it's knowledge, you know, sharpen your skill, it's relationships, get to know people and deliver value, you know, bring value to people. And then it's just action. You got to do something that other people wouldn't, you know, most people wouldn't take the time to build that list like you did. And because you built the list, because we built relationship. And because we both had knowledge, this thing came together and it was a win-win-win for everybody. For sure. That's that's ultimate goal. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up with the final five with Mr. Rob Swanson. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Ecospace Real Estate. Ecospace is a Denver, Colorado-based real estate company with a national reach. They provide a unique offering called Flip Your Home, where they utilize their own internal fix and flip crews to flip their clients' homes prior to listings. Their brokerage clients gain, on average, 23000 of instant equity, which is then taken 100% tax-free. If you'd like to learn more about gaining additional tax-free equity in your home prior to listing, then please visit ecospace.com. All right, we are back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. We have Rob Swanson on, and we're hitting the final five real quick. Rob, you told a very creative story about getting a hanger. We normally ask, what's your most creative real estate deal? So that might be one of them, but what's another one that you've done over your your years? Man, I've done a lot. I can think of house just out in Aurora that I bought and it was kind of a messed up deal. I ended up buying it subject to, I ended up negotiating with the lender to stop the foreclosure. I made the catch up payments. I took it over subject to, and I negotiated with some of the junior lien holders for like pennies on the dollar just to make them go away. They knew that the deal was going to foreclose. The deal was underwater. 
And so it was a subject to with a junior lien holder negotiations to buy them out and negotiating with the front end lender, the first lien position to not foreclose. It was a fun little house. I kept it as a rental for a long time. It's great. I take it you made money. Made money. I like it. I like it. So where do you see the market? Normally do five years, but given that it's just been so much stuff going on this last year or two, I'm shorting that down and going to start asking, where do you see the market? Just a quick little snip of 2022. What's your guess? Well, it's a tough one to say. I think the next market is going to crash when China's ownership of US real estate and US assets equals US's debt obligations to China. When those things balance out, I think the game starts to change. So I'm a huge believer in every time is a good time to buy real estate. And the deleveraging of the currency, the printing of the dollars, all of the stuff only makes owning assets more valuable. So regardless of what happens exactly in 2022, I think owning assets is a good move. I like it. When does that balance kind of off topic a little bit? When's that balance happen? I don't track that as a factor. So that's interesting. I'll definitely have to offline dig into that a little bit and ask you some questions, but is that a year, five, 20 years? I don't know. I don't know because there's so much debt that is still being created and, and China is still buying so much US real estate and so much gold and they're hedging the deleveraging of the dollar, the bonds that they own against the US dollar with physical assets. And US real estate is one of those physical assets. Interesting. As always, you got every time we talk, you have one of those little nuggets. I'm like, ooh, I got to dive into that. So, next, is there anything out there that you specifically recommend to people, either a book or a podcast, something that if they're wanting to get into the creative real estate sector, that they should check into? Well, you know, I'm going to recommend a book. It's a fun read. I read it years and years ago. I think there's a volume two or a second edition of it out now. And it was called The Millionaire Fast Lane by a guy by the name of MJ DeMarco. And it's not a specific real estate book. It talks about how to create leverage in your business in a variety of different ways. And it's a great read. And I think every entrepreneur should read it. I like it. And a lot of times this is where people plug one of their own courses or books. So shout out for doing something outside of that, but I'm going to give you the opportunity here to give a little plug if there's anything within your education or any of the stuff that you're providing value add that people might want to check out. Yeah. If people want to check out some of what we're doing, they can go to realestatemogul.com and we have a learning platform, community, and a deals platform over at realestatemogul.com. And you can set up a free account. You can get in, you can poke around, and that'll connect you to my world. I like it. And that, my friends, is why I wanted to share a hanger with Rob Swanson, give him the heads up, because I knew that he is a value add, others first type of thinking is perfect example here. Majority of the time, they'll highlight one of their books or their website or such is something someone should check out. And he specifically said something else. And without me asking, he wouldn't have brought that up. So that's that mindset of thinking of others more so than yourself. And that goes so far in life and business, I think, especially in building relationships. So Rob's one of those guys to follow along and just see what he does and replicate it because it's been successful. So the last thing, 
how other than the website, is there any other way they can reach out to you? You know, I'm pretty active on Facebook. If you just want to go find me, Rob Swanson, you know, facebook.com forward slash Rob Swanson. I'm pretty active there. If you get into the a free account at Real Estate Mogul, we do have a community there. People can reach out and direct message me there as well. Excellent. And are you offering free flights in, in your plane for when people come out? I'm always looking, you know, if my <laughs> wife doesn't go flying with me, I think you're on the text string. Oh, right? for sure. For I'm sure. Always sending out, Hey, who wants to go flying? And it's always like, I'm going to go in an hour. Cause my wife is like, Hey, I'm going to go do something else. And I'm like, okay, then I'll go flying And all the time. My friends are either out of town or they're busy or they're, they've got some excuse why they don't go flying with me. So I'm, I'm always open to take for sure. That's kind of why I put that plug, knowing you're one of the guys who are like, hey, let's go fly. When you're enthusiastic about it, just like you are business, you're going to make it happen. So you, you probably noticed the light over this time of our podcast here recording. I was planning to be at the hangar right now, firing up the airplane and being up in the air flying right now. And you called me and said, hey, we got to do this recording right now. We got to get it knocked out. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we got the sun beating down my west facing window. And over the last 15 minutes, that sun has kind of gone peaked behind the mountains. And so now I'll go do a night flight. There you are. There you are. So excellent. All right, everyone. Rob Swanson, it's always a pleasure. We'll have to have him on here in the future and dive in a little bit more about that Chinese debt to real estate and maybe do that just as a topic in itself. So, well, as always, guys, until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.